Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. Ooh, and I'm excited on this episode. Uh, there has been colossal news for me in particular. Um, recently, after Adepticon, Games Workshop snuck in a new sneaky reveal and tease that none of us uh, saw coming, although... I kind of saw coming. More on that later. Um, but they revealed that squats are coming back. The space dwarves exist. Which is huge news, uh, both for the lore, but also for me, because I just love dwarves. And now I get dwarves in space. In space. Uh, in space. Uh, and I have been walking around for the entire week going, Rock and Stone! Uh just excited about this reveal and for those of you who play deep rock galactic i hope you just shouted it back at me um let's always slap the fuzzy dice but it's huge news i mean it's a faction getting added to 40k which does not happen often um especially not in such a weird case where they bring a faction back that was supposedly extinct like totally extinct yeah, mm. and and normally when they bring in a faction, it has like direct ties to factions that already exist in the setting, mm -hmm. and they kind of didn't here. Like, there's a little bit, but not a, not as much as there normally is. Yeah, uh, they're they occupy a very weird and interesting place, but it only makes me more excited to talk about them. Um, but of course, before we can dump into all that, we first have to talk about hobby time and games played. Alright, John. Uh, hobby time, games played. What you been up to? Um, well, besides yawning into the microphone, I have been working <laughs> on making lore for Crusades. Um, and it, it's, it spurned me. It hurt me. It Did stabbed it? me multiple times in the stomach as I tried to write about these Gene Sealer cults and these food trucks and these Doritos and these Mountain Dews. And I just, I couldn't sit down and write more than, like, a handful of paragraphs. Just have so a like, writer's block? Yeah, it was, it was a type of writer's block. If, if the writer's block is not a wall, but instead a, like, interstate uh, bypass into a different story. <laughs> and so now I've changed forces for the crusade. Because, of course, I have. Like, I, I don't, I can't sit on one thing forever. You just can't help yourself. No. So yeah. now I'm going back to my roots, my home, my complete and total bastards, uh, chaos. Ah, of course you are. I mean, I support this. I just, I support this transition, <laughs> but I'm not surprised. At some point, I have to walk back into the hot topic. I have to pick back up the spiked bracelet and I have to put it on my wrist as I put on my guy liner and go chaos Get like at some point pants. i have to yeah yeah the trip pants yeah 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 enough buckles it, to look like you're a kingdom hearts character yeah i follow i follow it's true it's true uh as joe put it uh i did play a tiefling at a larp so like that's the kind of person i am <laughs> all, all i'm saying is if your favorite race is tiefling you probably experienced a lot of childhood trauma and uh, you probably have an unhealthy love of either possums or raccoons. Those are the things I could tell. Uh, and it hits true for John, and you're doomed to play chaos. It's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm manic, depressive, demon boy. Whatever. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. I forgive you, John. I support this. Um, I, especially with the way this narrative campaign works, it is entirely built around narrative. Uh, and I know a lot of people out there who maybe didn't watch the last few episodes are like, huh, yeah, all games are narrative, Joe. 
Like, haha, I watch Honest Wargamer. Every game's a narrative. It's like, yeah, I get it somewhat. But like, dude, you don't understand. Like, I mean, like, really narrative. We, we, ha like, our, our playgroup has spent more time building the narrative than playing the fucking games. Like, God, yeah. I, that was the other thing with the Gene Seer cult. It was like, I walked in with like a base level premise that I could like write a couple of short stories about and probably feel pretty good about. And then here comes like our buddy Lucas and our buddy Tanner out here kicking in the door, making full blown pieces of content. Like, and I'm like, ah, damn y'all wrote like a script. Voice like, acted come on. post battle interludes. Yeah. Yeah. Like command and conquer <clears throat> level cutscenes. Like not like the live action ones, but like I, I got to, rise to the occasion i can't just be like her her food truck like <laughs> come on now what's the narrative john oh we got two for one tornadoes like, hell hey. yeah i got them on speedway points i got myself a 25 dollar gift card that there speedway listen <laughs> tanner's over here doing voices he's over here doing sound effects what do i have over here uh Mediocrity and sadness. <laughs> you have to push beyond. It's true. Um, what about you? What about your narrative, Joe? I know what your answer is, but I want you to admit it to the listeners. Uh, I played uh, one of my crusade games. My first crusade game of Tau. Uh, and I went against Night Lords. And it was a holler brawl. Um, I fought Corwin and like it's a 500 point game we went in just wanting to tell a story uh but by the time we got to the end we were both just frothing at the mouth with excitement about the story um and in the end like I I wiped all, everything off the table but he almost one-shotted my commander so it was like a nice tit for tat and then I got done uh and I you know I guess lightly quickly finished up my 500 point crusade force so you know no big deal. Painted up 32 Tau minis in no time and based them. Um, and then just casually wrote a, a couple of words about the, the game we played, John. Uh, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> just a couple. He spent like a week writing a like 20-something page short story and then just drops it on everybody. Yeah, well, I, I had some words to say. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I felt myself like, oh, yeah, I'll just write a quick thing. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I wrote, like, this little bit about the start of the battle that everybody's going to be real confused on what the hell is happening. Well, I guess I have to explain a little bit about the planet that we're fighting on. Oh, yeah, it's a planet we're fighting on. I fleshed that out. Oh, but, like, they won't understand why the tower on the planet, so I guess I have to work that into the story. Oh, yeah, now we're doing the battle tactics. Oh, but they won't understand how, like, the commander is seeing everybody's helmet cams. I guess I gotta write that in. Uh, well, if I'm gonna write that in and all the helmet cams, I gotta, like, flesh out every single squad in the unit, like, in the army. Uh, okay, well, if I'm gonna do that, uh, like, I also have to explain the difference between the two battle suits and their two pilots. And then if I'm going through all that detail, the next question they're gonna ask me is, like, how the hell did that end? And affect the planet. So I'm like, well, I better write up a little thing for how the battle ended. And then how does it affect the planet? Because, like, mechanically, I took the planet. Like, this ag planet now is under Tau control. Well, I guess I should probably write something up about that, I guess. So, uh, I started with just, like, a two-page thing in my head. And then I gave a mouse a cookie and ended up with, like, 21 pages of short story. Um, I think I genuinely, I guarantee you I spent about four times as much time writing the story as I did playing the game. Our match took like two hours. I easily wrote for like 12. Um, I wrote a lot when I was younger, uh, but you know, over time stuff gets in the way. So I just kind of had to kick the rust off because I've been writing like D&D &D campaigns and stuff, but I haven't written like a literary piece in a while so like i found myself second guessing everything i wrote but it eventually i got the groove back and was just sort of chugging on through and in fact i had a lot more to say that i just i don't know felt outside the purview of like match number one <laughs> uh 
Yeah, it was a time. I I wrote this little literary piece about my commander Irontide and his squad going up against uh, the Night Lords who have dropped on this agricultural planet of Bernar. Um, that is like a mushroom farm that farms nutrients for nutrient paste. And the Night Lords were there thinking it would be an easy victory, trying to get a hold of some information to track down a relic. And while they were there, they, you know, they tortured the populace as the Night Lords do. And what they didn't expect was a response team of Tau, uh, who had been trying to gently bring Bernar into the fold of the Tau Empire for like five years and... You know, these distrustful people just wouldn't join in. But after the events of the battle and watching the Tau literally come to bat for them, uh, they decided to join the Tau Empire. And uh, it was a good time writing it, I gotta admit. Even though it was a little nerve-wracking. And hitting upload was terrifying. I don't know why. Like, it's it's being read by a bunch of my buds, but it just scared the crap out of me. Yeah, it was uh, it was great. It It kind of pushed me into the direction where I'm going with chaos, which I'll cover later. I don't want to get like too deep in the weeds on this episode about it. Mm-hmm. But I am definitely building out a like chaos narrative that's going to span a, a large web based off of like a couple of lines I read in your fucking short story, Joe. So be very grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just here to spark inspiration. Uh, it's, Please spark me, you bastard. I got you. I got you. You were dry kindling, just waiting, so it's not entirely my fault. You were primed for chaos from the beginning. I didn't dry do that. Me, you calling me dry-ass kindling? Like, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what kind of insult is this? Um, yeah, uh, if people want, I can upload the Google Doc link. Y'all can go read it, listeners, if you really want to. Um, I don't know how interesting it'll be if you weren't in the narrative campaign, but, you know, content is content, I guess. Uh, John can share it on Twitter. I'll throw it on Instagram and also put it down in the description of uh, Anchor and YouTube. But, uh, yeah, it's a time. I don't know if I will write 20 pages for every single battle I do, because there's going to be a lot of them. Um, but I'm definitely really enjoying the story of the Force, and I'm looking forward to like branching out and trying maybe some other mediums for storytelling. I might try some audio stuff. Uh, I might keep on working with the writing, but change perspective to something people wouldn't expect. Um, you know, just kind of get keep loosey goosey with it to keep the fun flowing. It's a it's a time. So I played some games. I did a lot of writing and. Uh, a lot of painting because I finished up that entire force. And now I'm sort of in between hobby projects and I'm just kind of piddling about doing like bits clipping and stuff to, to keep my hobby going. Like, it's I calm before the storm, Joseph. It is. It is. Nights. Gonna start some nights. John, it is hard to start nights when I know I have to spend money on a squad army. Take up commission painting to pay for your squad army. No, no one wants me to commission paint their stuff. And I don't know if I want to commission paint stuff. I don't know. I feel like... I don't know if I would enjoy bringing, like, money into my hobby. Eh, it has crapped on my fun before in different hobbies. Um, I don't know. I could afford it. It's just, you know, we get into this whole question of, like, do I play enough to justify that cost? Which is a weird internal narrative to have with yourself. And it might wor be worth actually having a whole episode on. Like, do you, my brain goes, do you play enough to justify spending that much money on a force? I'm going to give a spoiler for that eventual episode that we're going to do. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell every listener. And also you, Joseph, doesn't matter how much you play the game. Uh, if it brings you joy, you should have the thing. I mean, Build it, paint it, play with it. I hear your argument. And I think that is also where I end up as I start tugging this thing out by the root. But that is not the initial impulse. Uh, do not self-masticate yourself to prevent your own joy. <laughs> I will fight you. <laughs> yes, hurt me to stop my hurt. Ha ha! Um, I don't know. Also, I could just like attack it from two sides and just play more games. I mean, that is also... Yeah, you could just do that. Like, you can just play more games. It's hard. Like, you bastards all live like two hours south. It's fine. Move. Like, I, my job is here. 
You uh, move. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Maybe. <laughs> at least I'm not Corwin, who's five hours away. Buy a bike. Like a pedal bike? That's going to no, be... A, like <laughs> a motorbike. That's true. Well, I'm working on it, actually. Um, yeah, get a motorbike. Drive down here. Have uh, some games with your buds. I'm working on it. God, how God, how nerdy and cool to, like, what you get a motorcycle rack for? You go and tour in? Nah, man. I gotta take all my plastic minis down to my buds so we can play this game until three in the morning. Rev, rev, wheelie! <laughs> Off into the sunset. God damn it. Uh, Whenever you buy a bike, we have to do a photo with me riding on the back of your bike but <laughs> holding on to you like a... <laughs> God, yes! Uh, be amazing. It's gonna be so good. Um, yeah, I think that is another option to attack my sort of like weird uh, impulse about it is just play more games. Just play more games. Yeah. And speaking of bikes, are you gonna talk about these space biker dwarf dudes? Uh, yeah, it's time. Seth, play the music! Alright, John. It's squat time. I'm yeah. so excited. Is it leg day? No, yeah. Squat time? I, uh, actually, so shockingly, they have little legs. So, uh, I mean, I guess they have to squat a lot because they carry around that giant torso. They, they, they can't skip leg day, they'll die. Um, yeah, this reveal was so, so good. Uh, I saw it early one morning before work. It was like 6 a.m. I am laying in bed next to my wife, and I am normally a very courteous, courteous husband, who uh, I'm very quiet in the morning because I married a very sleepy woman. And if she's disturbed from her slumber, she becomes a very grumpy woman. Um, and... That means normally I'm, I'm very considerate in the mornings, I'm quiet, uh, but I wake up and I'll groggily sort of open my phone to look at my notifications, and uh, there it is, a video detailing, like, this little short, and it reveals a squat character, and I lost my mind. Uh, I sent it to, like, our Warhammer group, like, red alert symbols around it, you know, this is not a drill, there are squats coming! Uh, and then I noticed the date. It was April Fool's Day, and my heart sank. It was a problem. I was, like, on cloud nine, screaming squats so loud that my wife woke up, and I was like, what? Uh, but luckily, she's a great woman, and once I said, there are space dwarves, she's like, oh, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> and then I had that, like, one day where I'm like, no. No, I, I believe, I believe that this is happening. Our faith cannot be shaken so easily by a date. Um, and then they confirmed it. Bada boom. Squats are real. It's not a joke. They're at, they're a thing. It's a double blind. And they're yes. going to be a full Warhammer 40k army. I fully expected that when I saw the announcement, to be honest. It was a lot of effort into that little video. It was video. a lot of effort. It was a ton of effort. Well, and like there were little hints that the squats weren't all dead, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, so like I didn't think it was that far out. Um, and actually, on the prediction show for last year, one of my wants for this year was squats. Um, it was one I didn't know if I would get, but I really wanted. So I get what I want. Um, and I'm just so excited. But for us to talk about them now, we kind of have to talk about where they came from. So for everyone to know and understand exactly why this is such a big deal and why it's so unique to the 40k setting. So, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but 40k is a bit of an older game. It started in what, early 80s? Yeah, so it started about the mid-80s. It started becoming more popular in, like, the 90s. And, like, the Rogue Trader and, and early Warhammer. Yeah, and it got progressively more and more popular. And it was very weird when it first started mm -hmm. out. Uh, very strange, very odd. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was, like, the lore was not the same as it was now. Well, as it is now. Because now it's had, like, 20, 30 years to ruminate and solidify and a design language to develop um 
But at that point, things were a little more surface level. Uh, it, but among the most surface level takes in the game was a race called the Squats. Uh, they are dwarves in space. And I wish I could say that there was more nuance to it. But they're really, if I'm being honest, there wasn't. <laughs> it, it really is just like, close your eyes, picture fantasy dwarves from like Tolkien. Now give them a machine gun. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and it was a surface level take, but they were around in the lore and they gave them a new name. Instead of calling them dwarves, they called them squats because they're short. Har, 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 har. Um, but they were a faction that existed and existed for quite a while. Uh, they tried to give them a little bit of flavor by making them sort of like the space biker gang sort of deals, which was different. It's a mood for sure. It's something. It's something. Just a bunch of little angry, grumpy, bearded grandpas riding around on motorcycles with machine guns. I mean, I don't hate it. I'm, it's very early 90s. Um, but while they were decently popular, from what we can tell, um, I think it was Jarvis who they interviewed. Uh, one of the original designers of Games Workshop talked about the squats in an interview and the way they described it is like as other races developed, they became more defined. You know, the space Marines became more than just like guy in power armor. The space elves became the Eldar and took on a very unique flavor rather than just like token elves in space. Uh, the Necrons were developed. The chaos was developed. Everything became very unique to 40k and over time became what we know them now as you know most of them are very interesting and standalone but the squats never quite developed in that same way in terms of uh like conceptual design and art style they just stayed these little like armor coated machine gun guys that were a bit silly by comparison to the rest of the of the setting and they didn't really have a direction to want to take them, and they didn't know what to do with them. Uh, so they ended up deleting them from the world. They said, offhandedly, that they had all been eaten by Tyranids and were devoured, and the Squats were no more. And that was such a big deal that actually the it sort of slang for getting rid of an army is called getting squatted. Because they were the first thing to just get nuked out of the setting. Um, what about Frogman? Frogman got squatted. No one remembers Frogman. What Frogman? I, I, it's a very obscure model from like one of the first two magazines or something like that. It's just a, it's just a frog dude with a laser so, gun. John, do you mean the Slon? Uh, they did not get squatted. They just went to AOS. No, that's Slon. <laughs> it's definitely not a Slon. There was a Slon. And then there was also Frogman. Uh... All right, fair enough. But there was only one frog band. There were like a whole army of squats with models and stuff. Don't you? Okay. We'll, we'll put we'll put definitions on this, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I guess words have meaning. Whatever. I guess we live in a society. We live in a society, I guess. God. Um. Yeah, so they, they got nuked from the lore. And uh, that was kind of where they left them. There were... Over the next, like, 20 years, uh, a few hints that there might be just, like, a handful left in existence. Um, there were two models that came out for Necromunda where there were, like, uh, two squats that were bounty hunters, but just, like, two of them. And um, there was also a bit in a book for Psychic Awakening where, like, an admech ship was out floating in space. And... Uh, it was destroyed, and when they pulled the audio logs, the last words were uh, a tech priest going, you know, this ship's not recognized. We're being approached. What is this enemy ship that has killed us? Ah, uh, they don't exist. It's the squat. And then it cuts out like it just said SQU um, before it was destroyed. So, like, okay, there was, like, a ship of squats around. That's cool. But... For them to come back on a big scale is a huge, huge comeback that I have not seen before in 40k. 
Uh, and I love it because I just think squat. I think dwarves are cool. Like space dwarves are just cool. Um, I mean, I just in fantasy dwarves are maybe my favorite fantasy race. They're definitely up there, like top three for sure. You know, they are these honest, stalwart, hardy defenders of the realm. Uh, and they're gruff and tumble, but at least you know what you're getting. And I deeply appreciate that. And they're also usually very uh, societal-centric or, like, tribe-centric. Sort of, together we could do more than alone, which also appeals to me. And uh, I love that in fantasy, but uh, it is badly missing from Warhammer 40k. So I, I love that they're here. Like, just little dudes in powered armor. Please, thank you. Um, yeah, and they're, they're, how do I put this? They bring something different to the setting that we've desperately kind of needed for a long time. Go on. Okay, so everything kind of falls into Eldar, Imperium, like collective Imperium, Chaos, and then like random Xenos. Like Tau don't even fully fit in, and like... The Tyranids are just this, like, apocalyptic threat, and orcs are just, like, a comedic device, though they're still very cool. I think the inclusion of squats brings a... Uh, how do I put it? A balancing factor to it. Like, it takes more away from... More of the focus away from the Imperium and brings it more into the setting as a whole. So that the, the Warhammer 40k is not just Space Marines power armor. It is... Warhammer 40k, the setting, right? Yeah. Because um, in the White Dwarf article where they revealed them, they talked about how, in terms of the galactic scale, they aren't Xenos that are, like, exterminated by the Imperium, but they also aren't a proper Imperial faction. Uh, they sort of... Because they are descended from ancient humans. Uh, they have... They occupy this weird gray space where they still can work with the Imperium while not being entirely beholden to it and its beliefs. And that just, in terms of the setting as a whole, puts them in an incredibly interesting place. That, like, they could make deals with other Xenos factions. They could make deals with the Eldar. They could make deals with the Tau. In fact, they may have been the ones to help give Tau a lot of their plasma weaponry. If the Demiurge, who gave the Tau stuff, are still considered to be a specific clan of squats. Um, but despite these dealings, for some reason the, Imperium, the Imperium hasn't cut ties with them because they're valuable. And I'm interested to see how and why. Um, and I have something to do... Well, I have some idea that it's probably something to do with the fact that they are considered techno-heretics. And we don't know exactly what they did to be labeled techno-heretics, but uh, I am going to guess it's because of their incredible technology that has advanced beyond what the Imperium normally would allow, and maybe even AI and Men of Steel. Yeah, I think that's uh, much, much more likely than something like very, very weird or different. Like, I think they're, they're going to pull from some of the older lore or some of the lesser known lore for that. Mm -hmm. I think that's it makes it very interesting. And on top of like all the points you've had, it it brings a grayness to the setting that the setting promises it has, but then in practice kind of doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the setting is Imperium, their satire for a terrible regime, but they're the only chance humanity has. So they're going to fight against chaos and all these Xenos threats. And then you have the squats coming in. They're like, yeah, but these are just some like short mechanic dudes with some like robots and shit. They're doing just fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, they didn't have to like nuke whole planets from orbit and turn the populace to glass. Uh, maybe the Imperium doesn't have to either. <laughs> Which I think promotes like a different setting story to keep going forward. Like, a lot of the more recent 40k stuff, I think, falls flat because everyone's just fucking sick and tired of the good guy, bad guy mantra under the guise of, like, but it's all all bad guy. Like, it is bad guy, worse guy. Mm -hmm. And there's no gradient, really. It's, like, dark gray to 
black to like darker black. But it's still, if you were looking at that as a room color, it would still be boring. Like, yes. You need something. Like there's, whereas like, yeah. And like the something they added most of the time was like Eldar. Okay. But it's not like, it doesn't impact the story all that much. They're mostly tertiary characters. Okay. Well, what about Tau? Again, don't impact the story that much. Mostly tertiary characters. Okay. What about, like, they're, they're hard to attach to, right? Because they're, they're aliens, for one. They're built to be alien, whereas squats are built to be human, just slightly different. And I think that brings a level of understanding to the setting. Not to mention, if they are using old Age of Technology stuff, it will help explain some of the history for the fucking galaxy. Because we basically only know the history from the Great Crusade. Yeah. But if the squats have men of iron, which were the AI that like humanity made and then rose up against them and almost killed them, um, if the squats made allies with some of these ancient robots and have, you know, befriended them and lived with them, they're going to have knowledge from long back stuff that in the setting is lost to time. Oh God. What, when we talk about what we want to see from this faction, I know what I want to see. Oh yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, I know exactly what I want. Uh, but yeah, I think it's. It's just interesting. Like they uh, they have the potential to occupy this very cool niche that I badly want to see filled. Um and I would be happy to add a new faction to do it. Just mwah. And I also think this shows that GW is willing to add new things to 40k. Mm-hmm. And I think that it has desperately needed that, especially new factions. Like we we just need new factions. We need an or, 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 like, something with the factions. Like, break them up. Mm-hmm. Well, they're also going to give them a refresh, not only in terms of models, but in terms of image. Uh, they are no... Like, they talk about in the article how the squats no longer call themselves squats. They're the Leagues of Votan. And I don't know where that comes from, but I'm assuming it has some cultural significance for them. And that now the term squat is used as, like, a slur against them. Which... It's just an interesting development in terms of, like, greater scope. And that instead, the squats don't call themselves squats. Uh, They refer to each other as kin. And y'all, if they have these dwarves running around space with, like, wrenches as mechanics called each other kin from across the holler, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, God. Love it. I just think it's cool. I like that they are rebelling against their old name uh, and trying to, like, cut a new name for themselves in the galaxy. It's a little thing, but I still like it. Um, So we've kind of dove into why we think they're so freaking cool. Me particularly, because I just, I'm a shameless, shameless fan of this, and I've wanted it for years. Um, Yeah, They've given you space dwarves akin to if they gave me space rats. So, like, I feel it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, John, it would be like if the space rats were specifically from Florida. Y'all, wouldn't that be Right? Treat? Like, when you like, say that they call each other kin, like, it, it implies for Americans that they are from a certain piece of the country, and it's my piece. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly how big that piece is, but I think uh, Shane, a listener from Tennessee, is probably out there going, yes, sir. Um, Like, not only is it the faction I wanted, but, like, it just has a couple of bits from where I'm from. Uh, And I think that's great. So, John, I guess it would be like if all the space rats came out wearing Hawaiian shirts or, like, I don't know, what's from Central Florida other than, like, Disney World and unfortunate government policy? Uh, humidity. Uh, yes. If all the rats came out with swamp ass, like I, (laughs) (laughs) swamp ass rats. (laughs) I, I just don't know. Um, I haven't been to Florida enough. So like this, Florida's more of a vibe. It's less of a character. I mean, I guess if I'm being honest, uh, Scafid already have the Florida vibe. If I'm just being kind of hundred percent honest. Madman contraptions, uh, teeming hordes of vicious little bastards. Half-naked, vicious bastards. Yeah. 
half naked vicious bastards. That is in fact the vibe. Of Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's just kind of like it's a double treat for me. I'm just I'm real excited. Um, but we don't know a whole lot about what's coming in the army. Like we know that they are going to be squats and they are going to be a full army. And we saw a model, but that leaves a whole lot to the imagination. So we wanted to take just a few minutes to talk about what we want to see from the army itself, not just from like the narrative, but I mean like the army, the models, the rules, the play style, etc. And for me, what I badly, badly want to see is I want to see some variety in the models and kits they put out. So they don't look too samey. Um, and what I mean by that is like, sometimes they will put out a faction. And while you want a faction to have a like a single thread that connects them all, sort of like a centralized design language that lets you recognize them as from the same army immediately. If you go too far, they all just look a little too photocopied. And... With Fire Slayers in AOS, this is exactly what happened. Uh, they all look so, so similar that you, you just cannot tell one unit from another while you're standing three feet away at a tabletop. It's too much. So I want to see a little bit of variety in terms of the models they put out. So like, I, I definitely want to see like foot dwarves with guns, and I want to see some like foot heroes. That's cool. But I also want to see like power suits, like mech suits that have dwarves in it piloting it sort of like Ridley from alien style. I want that. I want a character that is just a dwarf mechanic with like a gun, right? Super cool looking mm -hmm. dude, right? And part of the unit is a partner character that is a big robot that is his best. Yeah. Player. Big and small. I want that. I think that would be rad. I think that would be the coolest. And big track. runs around shooting stuff and small just runs around fixing big. Yes. I would go a step further if I would like to see like mixed squads, like mixed units mm -hmm. as like an elite choice where it is partnered squats with men of iron. Because yeah. I like the idea that these men of iron are not tools. They are sentient beings who are elected to be part of squat society, mm -hmm. of the leagues of OTAN. And because of that, they, they share the load, right? I would like them to take this concept of like space miner solidarity with like the concept of being calling each other kin and like working with each other and spread that out through the whole forest to make a combined arms force that collectively builds itself up to be better than the sum of its parts. Yes. Yeah. I think that would be uh, wonderful. Um, like I want to see men of iron integrated into the army, helping the squads and maybe even like a man of iron character or two. Uh, like, not just as, like, haha, these are our battle robots like the Admech. No, no. These are our brothers. And though they are made of metal, they are still us. Um, I would love that. Like, for the fluff, but also mechanically. How cool would that be? Just, I would, I'd lose my mind. I think it'd be great. Um, and, like, obviously they're going to get a vehicle of some sort. I want it to be something a little different than, like, a tank. Because we've got a lot of a tank in the game. Like, Space Marines have, what, eight, no, nine, ten variations of tank? Uh, enough. A lot. And then Guard have a lot of a tank. Um, and Sisters of Battle have a couple of a tanks. And they're... The chaos has all those tanks doubled because it's the same thing, just chaos. Like, I I want to see some stuff that's just a little different. Um, I think Gene Stealer Cult did this really well with, like, the trucks and the dune buggies and the dirt bikes, and that was really cool. Uh, so I, instead, would like to see maybe, like, some, like, boring machine, like an underground transport thing. That could be really cool. Um, or in the old lore... They had land trains where they like battlefield Thomas the Tank Engine, where you would hook up cars together and move them around the field to shoot at people in like this big old battle tank that is a train. And I, I'm not opposed. It would be weird, 
but I am totally here for it. Um, whatever vehicle they give them, I just want it to not be a tank. I too many tanks. So I want to just, or if they do give them a tank, give them a tank that is interesting and not like a normal chassis. Because one of the things that uh, with the dwarves is that they're going to be using STLs still, like they're going to be using old Age of Technology STLs. So maybe we're going to see like what the precursor of a Rhino, like because the Rhino was a not a top of the line vehicle from the Age of Technology. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see maybe we see what a top of the line vehicle from the Age of Technology was. Yeah. Like, what if, what is the space version of, like, a, a Toyota Hilux? Like, what, what, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Like, what, what happens when you see, like, a tank, like an actual Age of Technology tank? Not an exploratory vessel, which is what the rhinos were that was built off of the Predator tanks and yada, yada, yada. What was an actual tank like? Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting. Not some watered down version that has, you know, been iterated on over and over again in the worst ways. Yeah, I'm not opposed. I just want it like, I want it to be a little different rather than just sort of like a samey, samey placeholder. And then we get to the part that I think is going to be the hardest to tune in on, but that's like the mechanic and the play style. And for me, what I really don't want is for this to end up being a long-range, shooty-shooty, across-the-map, blow-up-your-booty sort of army with a bunch of, like, tricks and abilities that have gotchas and stuff. Um, One, it just doesn't fit my playstyle, but two, I don't think it fits dwarves as a sort of touchstone concept. Uh, Instead... I would really, really like to see this army end up being a sort of mid-range brawling force that plays some very honest Warhammer, if I can use that term. And I know a lot of people are like, what do you mean, Joe? Just don't lie. But like, I want it to be a force where like, when I walk up to you on the midfield and you move your models towards me and I move towards you, you know what I'm going to do. There's not a lot of gotchas. You know the dudes are tough because they're dwarves and they're probably going to take a hit. And you know that their weapons, while not super long-ranged, are probably going to be pretty damaging. And I'm going to move up on the objectives, and you're going to come move me. And if you can't, fair enough. We're going to roll some dice. We're going to have a good game. I'll take the win. If you can move me, fair enough. You get the win. We had a good game. We're going to roll some dice. Um, it just, like, it fits the idea of, like, the honest dwarven contract sort of deal, where they're very straightforward and blunt, and I would love to see that translated. Sort of like Necrons I, or Salamander play style. Um, I think it could be very cool. I also think that the game has a tendency to lean, especially recently, into oops all hammers, mm-hmm. right? A whole like, lot of that. Look at Tau. It's hammers. Look at Harlequins. It's hammers. Look at Custodes. That's a bad example because they're kind of a hammer that's also an anvil. Uh, Drukari. Drukari. Boom, it's a hammer. But like all of those things, the thing that they have in place is that they're extremely good at punching or hurting. I would like to see this faction be very good at doing one thing, and that's being anvils. Like maybe they can do some shooting. That's neat. But like, meh. They're here to sit at the the table and go, I'm an anvil. Can you move me? Yada, yada, yada. Can you break me? Can you break my willpower? No? Cool. Then I might win an objective. Mm -hmm. I think that would be fun. Uh, like you, you yep. wouldn't need to overload them with like crazy powerful stratagems. Just roll everything into the like base stats rather than like the crazy tricksy stratagems. And you could have a very cool force on your hands. I mean, in terms of playstyle, John, is there anything else that you think would really, really fit the faction on the tabletop? Uh, like... I think MSU and not Horde is their flavor as yeah, well. Yeah, I think Pseudo Elite like, could help. Yeah, I think like not quite as elite as Space Marines, more like Sisters of Battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like drop units. Like I don't I don't think that they're gonna be that slowly moving forward tough force like Necrons or Death Guard. I think they're gonna have a whole lot of like drop ship dropping dwarves. Or like burrowing but dwarves. Then, 
or burrowing dwarves, but once they're on the table, they don't really move very far from where they, they place themselves. Mm-hmm. Little like five inch move uh, dudes. Yeah, I think that, that that that'd be really cool. Is like give them like front mobility, but not lasting mobility. Mm-hmm. But keep give them like consistent durability with like consistent fire, but not spiky or bursty fire for fire. Although I do think the eliteness of the force could be dialed up or down depending on how much robot is introduced and how much mechanized infantry is introduced. Um, Like I'm okay with them being more elite if there's like more mech suit units and troops, sort of like Nundums or like men of iron really like hold a, a corner of the army that allow them to kind of do a lot of work. That's cool. I'm okay with them getting more elite. Uh, what I really don't want to happen, though, is for them to go the opposite way into Horde. I I don't think that would fit the flavor. Because the dwarves have always been kind of like a fantasy rendition of the movie 300. Like, we have 300 dwarves, but we're in a canyon. So uh, bring your Skaven, because we're going to kill all of you. We're going to have a KD yeah, ratio like- of like 500 to 1. Uh, and we're going to just knock this thing out because we fight as a group. And I would like to see that held up here. Like, I just don't think Horde plays into that well. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see quite five-man squads, but I think you're probably going to see like ten-man squads with five-man squads as a minimum kind of mm-hmm. deal. Like, similar sisters, but not like Space Marines where you always want to bring a five-man squad for the most part. Yeah. Like, I think that they'll be... There'll be reasons to take 10-man squads, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I would like them to fall into some place in between uh, in terms of eliteness, but I really want them to have their own, like, combat niche. I, I do not want them to be just, like, a copied rehash or something else. And, you know, I, I just think it's going to be cool. I think there's room here for them to play with design-wise, and they have been designing this for three years or more. Um, so I have some faith that they're going to do something interesting with it. Because this, there's no way this is a project that they're just like, oh no, we have to get it out. This was something that was on a whiteboard for years. Just yeah. in an idea. Yeah, I think this was deliberately made. I mean, this is probably, been, I mean, they've made jokes about this on YouTube videos like four years ago. So this has literally been on a whiteboard for five years or more as like a thing to bring back. And I'm sure in all these strategy meetings and development meetings, they have talked it to death as an option. And before they even started, they probably had a clear design idea of this force. And then the rest of it was a lot of time doing mechanical iterations. I would be shocked if we come out of that and this is just like a boring force on the table. I Yeah, I, I think that this has to be interesting. Like, And it doesn't have all the hang-ups these other forces had, right? Like, when we got Gene Sealer Cult, no one expected Gene Sealer Cult to play like it did. It was drastically different because it, was, it hadn't been a full army before it had been like a concept in like an old rogue trader Mm -hmm. like magazine and then like a unit i think at some point interior book yeah yeah but it had nothing that it had to live up to so they could kind of get weird with their design because you didn't have to stay within a certain design framework yeah and like sisters is the same way to a degree they still had a framework to go off of yeah uh they had designs at least that they had to stay within but even that came out very different and refreshing. And I think this is just going to take that to bring it to 12. Like, it's going to be nuts. Yeah, there has been nothing said about squats in like 20 years, 25 years. Um, so that's a lot of room for you to play with in terms of design. And even if there's something in the old lore that you do that is constraining you and you don't like, whatever. The leagues of Votan aren't the same as the squats from yesteryear, and you could just change it. Like, they have a chance to reset the stage if anything is constraining them. And uh, I think they're just going to do that. The The big question will be how many kits is this going to be and how big of an army release are they going to make it? But for them to put this much fanfare behind it, I think it's probably going to be a fair number of kits. You know, I don't think this is going to be like a, a bare minimum force. They're probably going to make this a pretty strong full line much like they did for sisters uh, to try to make it a new staple in their lineup and to make some cash flow on it 
I also think it's going to be a multiple wave force. I think you're going to see like a huge first wave, and then you're going to see a second wave later, and then probably a third wave to kind of finish them off for a while. And then they'll touch it again a few years later. You know, I actually don't know if it's going to be a huge, multi like a three-wave thing. I think they're going to have a early adopter box in, you know, late summer, early fall, something like that. And then I think you will get a second wave that releases everything else. I think it's going to be a two-wave deal. Kind of like they did with Sisters. Um, where, like, you get your early adopter box. Cool, cool. You got the book. You're good to go. Uh, but all the rest of the models will be coming probably behind that closer to holiday time. You know, winter sometime. Maybe November. Just for logistic purposes. Right. Because, I mean, shipping a new army is not exactly easy. That's a lot of kits you got to get moved around. Especially nowadays, right? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a logistical problem, so I I think they're going to want to give themselves a little bit of room to work with for when they inevitably have shipping issues or delays. Now, granted, we are recording this in April of 2022, so who knows? By the end of the year, stuff could have drastically improved compared to now. I don't think that will be the case in terms of like shipping and trucking globally, but we'll see. Just kind of, and I'm sure we'll we'll touch on it as new stuff keeps getting shown, and well, once they're fully announced and the codex is out, we'll probably do a review of the I codex. I guarantee you, we're going to do a review of the codex. You'll be lucky if I'm not in full mithril armor as I talk about the review of the codex. Um, you'll be lucky if I'm not shooting shotgun shells through my roof and declaring my grudges in true dwarven fashion while we do the codex review you did buy your own house you're allowed to shoot shotguns in it if you want uh, i don't think city ordinance would agree with you john but i like your style so i'm going to agree temporarily <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so we'll we'll definitely follow up just because i'm so freaking excited uh and when we did the shows about things we were passionate about earlier on not like earlier on in terms of the show life, but this year, like we did the shows on custodies and gene stealer cults. We got a lot of really positive feedback about how it just felt refreshing for us to just talk about what we were into. So you could bet your bottom dollar. I'm into squats and we're going to follow up. And, uh, if you want to sort of be tied in to that follow up episodes, of course, follow the podcast, subscribe, like, you know, whole nine yards, Add it to your watch list and your favorites. Um, it really helps us because we're a really small show, so any little bit helps. And if you have a friend who's maybe not playing 40K, but you think would really be into Space Dwarves and you want to talk, try to convince them, maybe share this episode with them. I mean, it's under an hour. We might be able to convince them to hop into the game when squats come out if you can get the sort of hype train rolling now. And, you know, sharing the show is always a big help for us. Um, also we're on social media. So if you do have ideas or thoughts or questions, uh, those are always open. If you want to reach out to us, uh, we love to hear it. And we, we really take every single, uh, suggestion to heart and try to integrate it into the show the best way we can. And, uh, just to reiterate down below, uh, I will put the link to the little short story thing I wrote for the narrative campaign. Uh, if y'all really want to read it, it's just Google doc. Have a good time. Be gentle. I hope it's not too crappy for y'all. And uh, it, there will probably be more coming. And uh, maybe we could share the other uh, people's stuff if folks want that. We'll see. Uh, we got to talk to them about that before we can make any promises. But for now, for sure, that has been all of our opinions. Bonafide and Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all in the next video.